The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Modern Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger. I'm so glad you're here. I manifested my way all the way to HGTV, and now I help you design the life you deserve through simple and practical Feng Shui manifesting methods. My intention is for you to feel more inspired than you were before you hit play. Are you ready to design the life you deserve? Let's get started. All right. Hey, Alejandra, how are you doing today? Hello, I am doing great. So nice to see you. (laughs) I know it's so wonderful to be here with you. Um, Alejandra and I have actually talked before and you're going to learn a lot more about why she was in Sedona. But when she was living in Sedona, um, her and I had a really great connection and conversation. And now we finally get to like dedicate some time to talking all about feng shui how it's brought some money magic into your life. I know I have my own personal stories, but I love to hear from other feng shui practitioners and clients, like how feng shui has worked some money magic in their life. Because sometimes I feel like if I'm the only one experiencing it and sharing it, it's like, I could just be making this up. But <laughs> you wrote the book called I can't I just can't make this shit up. Yep. And when I saw the cover of you're on the cover and it's beautiful. Um but when I saw this book I was like that's the perfect title because I find myself saying that all the time when I hear testimonials from my clients or even just in my own life how feng shui has worked for me for the past decade. I say this all the time like you just cannot make this shit up. I agree. I agree. Honestly, if somebody, I never thought I'd write a book, first of all, but if somebody had asked me to write what has happened since my spiritual journey, and I call feng shui my gateway drug into my spiritual journey, um, if people would have asked me to just write like a movie, I'd be, I couldn't have made up what actually happened. So there was no other name. You know, we were trying to think of like some really beautiful spiritual names, how I healed and all this stuff. And I just kept coming back to this. I'm like, this has got to be the name. There's, there's no other way around it. And, you know, it's hurt us in some ways because Amazon like won't let us promote the book because of that word, but really? uh-huh. So, you know, publisher was like, maybe you should change it. I'm like, nope, the people who will read this book are the ones who need it. I'm not really worried about anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. and it's going to find its way out there the way it needs to find its way out there. Um, But that wasn't, you know, and as we're doing this, you know, this, as you put projects out, you know, you're learning as you're going. 
but I feel super strongly about the title. I will not change it. Hoping I'm biting myself in the butt for anything future, but I just <laughs> right. won't, you know, I feel super strong about it. She asked to be named and that was what she wanted to be named. So I have to give her that, you know? <laughs> I love it. So clearly just from like talking with you just for this short amount of time, like listeners can probably tell, like you're super tuned in and spiritual and you're, you're all about following your higher self and everything. But I just kind of want to like take a step back before feng shui, because, um, throughout your book, I love it. Like each chapter is titled by, you know, a song title. Mm -hmm. And I happened to open up to chapter 19 under pressure by queen and David Bowie, which by the way, I love that song. I just think it's such a classic and you really described your life pre feng shui. And I can relate to this because absolutely I have life before feng shui and life after, because it's like, once I discovered the manifesting method that is feng shui, it changed my entire outlook my life became so much more expansive and I felt so much more empowered, but there's always this pinnacle moment in your life where you're just like, you feel so desperate. Cause you're like, what is going on? It feels mm-hmm. like either there's an emptiness and you're looking to fill a void or things just don't seem to be easy. And you're like, there's gotta be a better way. So I would love, you know, to hear about the story of like free feng shui for you, which I believe might've been like, ah, was it like 20, 2016, you said the fall 2016, when mm-hmm. things really fell apart in your house. But also even before that, what I love listeners to know about you is sort of how you come from this background of interior design. Mm -hmm. So you've been working closely with houses for for many, many years. Two decades. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit about that journey? And and I'll step back. Maybe where are you from? Like a little (laughs) bit about you, right? Sure. Well, I, I was born in Austin, Texas and raised in Laredo. I am adopted. I was adopted at birth. So my birth parents, um, my birth mother, I guess, was a, a teenager and had me and You know, even though we no longer have a relationship, because that's part of the book, they found me when I was 40 and we went on this whole journey together and, you know, they were in there for a season and that's great. And I'm grateful for that. My parents that raised me, who I call my mom and dad, were Mexican-American and lived on the border with Mexico in Laredo, Texas. So that is the culture that I was raised in. That's why my name's Alejandra. You know, it's like people look at me and they're like, you're blonde and blue eyed. And I'm like, I know, (laughs) you know, but uh But, you know, I consider myself a Mexican-American at heart. And if you come to my house, there's always homemade salsa and chips and guac. And, you know, my comfort food, my comfort zone is all Mexican. Um, But the interior design, I think it's just always been a passion. I mean, my Barbie dream house was done and redone and redone 10,000 times, you know. (laughs) And so I've always done that. I stayed home with my son. We have one son who is going to get married on 11-11 of this year. He actually sent me a picture of him holding his wet, like with his wedding band on yesterday. And I'm like, oh my God, this is happening, (laughs) you know, Um, but we're super, super happy about that. Um, But anyway, we have one son. And so I stayed home until he was about nine and just was room mom, team mom, all the things. And then a friend of mine who was an interior designer and we met at a play group asked me, she came over to the house and she's like, you know how to do this stuff. You know, would you want to open a company together? And I talked to my husband because it would be a big jump to go back into the workforce. I really wasn't planning on it. He's like, sure, try it out. See if you like it. And I did. And I loved it. And finally getting paid to do what I love to do. And I did anyway for friends, you know, and family and myself over and over. I'm sure he was thinking, 
good. She can go do someone else's house instead of redoing ours every month. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that led to four years of a great partner. And then after four years, we went our separate ways and I opened my own design firm. And I did that um, until, as you were talking about that that chapter, Under Pressure. So that was right before my 50th birthday. So I'll be 56 in a couple of weeks. So I was turning 50 and I'm married to an entrepreneur. And anyone who's married to an entrepreneur knows that there are amazing years and there are not so great years. And, you know, right around 1999, 2000, I mean, the sky was the limit. We bought this gargantuan house. I gutted it and I went to market and bought all this super expensive furniture, obviously to the scale of the house. The tech bubble burst. And even though we'd literally written a check for this house and written a check for everything else that went into it, he made the very hard call of saying, this long-term is not going to be a good decision for us. We're not going to move into it. We're going to stay where we are. Well, that did not sit really well with me. I was not a happy camper. You know, you just took away my dream home. So what I was left with was having to offer that furniture to the people that did end up buying the house. They had their own stuff. They didn't want it. So I had this really oversized furniture that then I had to shove into the house that we were in because it had been so expensive. And, you know, we say that to our clients all the time, right? Doesn't matter if it was expensive, if it's not working for you, don't keep it. So that was 2000. In 2017, when I turned almost 50, um, I suddenly had to have neck fusion. So fast forward, that furniture has been in my house just all this time. Every time I walk into my bedroom, every time I walk into certain rooms, there's this furniture that reminded me of something that was supposed to be amazing that didn't manifest and that never quite fit in our smaller. I mean, we didn't have a small home, by the way. Our house was big, even the the normal one, but not to the scale of the one that we were moving into. We were talking close to 7,000 square feet for the new one. So it was a big house. Um, just over and over, you know, that's playing in your mind and you're seeing that you're seeing that every day and it's a slow burn, as you know, and we say that to our clients, you know, subconsciously, I was walking into my bedroom and hating it because it was just not where it was supposed to be. So I was actually still working in design. I had a client who is much more at that point in time, spiritually tuned in than I was. She suggested a feng shui practitioner and said, hey, she'll come to both our houses, you know, if and she won't charge us travel time if we do it on the same day. So I just found out I needed to have out of the blue um, cervical fusion on my neck. So I have anterior cervical fusion. There's a plate in my neck with six screws. And that I found out in October, my surgery was going to be in December. And I'm like, I'm going to keep walking into this damn bedroom. And looking at this bedroom and I'm not going to be able to go anywhere for six to eight weeks because I'm in a neck brace. Meanwhile, there's leaks happening in our walls that we found out about. There were all these things happening in the house, including the furniture that just were making everything feel awful and icky. And to add to that, my husband, who'd done so, so well, then was making about mm, two thirds of his salary at this point. Because again, when you're an entrepreneur and you're one of the bosses, you know, you have to pay, make sure you make payroll for all your employees and then you take at the end. So, you know, money has become tight. The house is leaking water. The furniture doesn't fit. And I was just like, fine. And, you know, she wasn't going to be cheap, but 
at that point, I was like, I'd gotten to a point where making a change was going to be a better decision for me than staying where I was. I was no longer the status quo and, and just staying where I was, was no longer working, right? It just isn't working. So I told my husband, she came within 10 minutes. Uh, she walked into my bedroom. She goes, what, what's going on here? And I hadn't said anything about my bedroom. I just kind of let her walk through the whole house. You know, wow. and when she walked into the bedroom, she goes, no, this, this doesn't, this doesn't fit the rest of the house. I'm like, so Alejandra, oh, just to yeah. be clear, this yeah. is the feng shui, feng shui practitioner is coming through your house now to do a consultation. And at this time in your life, you're not a practitioner at all. No, You've I'm never not. Even done no, it. You've not never even all. tried it. Okay. Nope. So like not your at house all. is not feng shui at this point. No, okay. there's not an ounce of, well, I mean, I think some things were good because again, interior design does take on a lot of the practices, but not to the level that we do things now. Right. I mean, different. No, no feng shui. So she tells me that my bedroom has to go. Of course, wow. my husband is like, so silently seething in the other room because he's like great you figured out a new way to spend money like you're, you're telling somebody else is telling you to, you know but anyway I just asked him and I said listen this means a lot to me I'm going to be recovering here can we just do the bedroom and let's see what happens the changes were so drastic within a month that he came to me and he said what room do you want to do next and what, what did you, you do to, do to change the bedroom? Did you get oh, new that furniture? One, so that one was, that one had to be new furniture because okay. it was so, the scale was just so wrong, you know, mm -hmm. and that just happened to be what I needed. The other piece of the puzzle, and her name is Karen Rock Carter. She ended up being my, my primary teacher and who I got certified under. Um, the other room that she had a lot of comments about, which again, I'll never forget, my dining room. And my dining room was directly below my bedroom. I had all my dead parents things in there. My parents passed away when I was 38 within six months of each other. So I inherited a lot of stuff. And once again, she walked into that room. She goes, it feels dead in here. And you know, you and I have said that in how many rooms now, right? Mm. And I'm like, well, yeah, we never use it. And she goes, and this stuff doesn't look like you. I'm like, well, no, it's inherited. So, you know, I think the beauty of what you and I do now is that we've been through this. So we understand when we walk into some place, we understand all the things that keep people from moving forward and from being able to manifest abundance and all of that. You get stuck. You keep things out of guilt. You know, the list goes on and on. And we also had, um, I had my mother's silver set, my grandmother's silver set, and my silver set of all our place settings. So times three, so 36 place settings directly under where our bed was. And mm -hmm. you know, uh, that many knives, we had oh. surgery after surgery after surgery. I had just recovered from lower lumbar fusion and a full hysterectomy when I got hit with this one. Wow. So it was really interesting to see the, the correlation. So, you know, after we made all the changes in our house and we were the first guinea pigs and his job started going great, you know, all of a sudden we were back on our feet there. The house leaks got... um detected because they were in the wall. So they were very slow. We didn't know that they'd been happening for years. They mm -hmm. got detected. They got fixed. I mean, all, everything just kind of started shifting for the better. And I mean, abundance was coming in. I had a seamless recovery. I decided I needed to do this little thing called feng shui. <laughs> yes. That's how I felt too. Yeah. It's like once you experience it and you see the changes miraculously mm -hmm. take place, you can't like, deny that this shit works and yeah. you can't make this shit up. And it's just like, and then, I mean, so like 
you know, I'm a teacher. I've worked in public education for over 15 years now, and that's in my nature. I just want to share this and spread the word. Like this is out there, like, and make it accessible to more people. Because like, I think that feng shui for many years was for like the elite or, you know, cause it can be expensive to have a one-on-one mm-hmm. consultation, but I think it doesn't have to be like that. I think that it could be accessible to everyone and, and everyone deserves to be able to tap into their divine birthright, which is right. the abundance that's available to all of us. So I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. So I think it's profound that you adjusted your bedroom because I had a similar story where like I started feng shui in the bedroom because it Mm -hmm. is such a, I call it a manifesting incubator because you're spending so much time in your bedroom. Third of your life. life. (laughs) Thanks. Right. Third of your life sleeping there. And, um, it's, it, it represents you as the Mm -hmm. homeowner. So it's so important. It's like a great place for a newbie just to start their feng shui journey. Um, so it's not surprising to me that you experienced all of these changes and shifts by just applying to the bedroom first. So I wanted to ask you about the plumbing and I mm-hmm. wanted to know since water and money are synonymous in feng shui, do you think that the leaks that were happening in your, in the walls and in your home had something to do with the challenges that your husband was facing that year the, for the past three years financially in his entrepreneurial endeavors. And once you fixed the plumbing, did you notice a correlation between the money and, and your income? Absolutely. Yes. So that was all happening at the same time, right? Um, yes. And once we fixed it, things seemed to calm down. It took a minute to get everything fixed, you know, because they actually had to redo floors. It was that bad. And it had been going on for years and we didn't know it. So they had to tear out drywall to, and funny enough, the room right under us, the dining room, the laundry room, which was behind the dining room between the kitchen. So that would have been dining room and my master bedroom in that house were travel and helpful people. So travel and helpful people, uh, children and creativity and love and romance and health and career all had to be redone. That's how big, because it had been such a slow leak in a wall for who knows how many years. So that, yes, I mean, it affects everything. As we know, you know, feng shui doesn't just affect your wealth corner. Your wealth works with helpful people. Your, you know, your children creativity works with your family. Like everything is so interconnected. Mm -hmm. So our health was going downhill. I mean, surgery after surgery for me, Um, I think my husband somewhere along the line had shoulder surgery too. I mean, it was just crazy, all the stuff that happened. And by the time I had my, my neck surgery at the end, I can't, it might've been at the beginning of January, actually may not have been in December, may have been early January. Um, so this is 2017. So January, 2018, I have my neck surgery fast forward to September of 2018. So this is about 11 months after I started my feng shui journey personally. And I was, by this time I decided to do it and was studying too. We had the money to buy a second home in Sedona. Wow. So it can work fast, huh? (laughs) It can work fast, you know, and I will always, always give credit to the fact that sadly Art's parents passed away within that timeframe as well. They passed away 11 months from each other. And aside from his business being stable we also got a beautiful inheritance from them. And I think I wrote, I wrote that in the book that I'll always wonder about the timing of that. 
because mm-hmm. it was really interesting. You know, we never know where money's going to come from. Like we can't tell people it's going to come from here. We're just going to say, if you manifest it, it will show up somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've always thought about the timing of that. And I always see it as a gift, a beautiful gift from them that then mm-hmm. allowed us to really do what we needed to do next, you know? And I don't know if that would have been possible to the level that it was possible with them, you know? And then, yeah. No, I love that. And I, you know, I, I think some of my most popular, like mini pop-up courses, like I had like a course called like big money manifesting mm-hmm. or like around the lunar new year, I'll do something called welcome the wealth. And people really gravitate towards those like mini pop-up courses, because of course, like people want to tune into money and sure. there's nothing wrong with that. No, but what I have found is that client after client or student after student will tell me that they the money that manifested, the big money comes in very miraculous ways. It's mm-hmm. not the way that you would necessarily, you can't make this shit up. No. You, can't, <laughs> you can't dream it up. You know, you can't, the universe hears your, your call and ask and it is given, but we can't control how, and we can't control when, right. You know, I've heard of people getting like double lump sums of like tax returns or like, you know, making extra overtime hours that they weren't expecting that they would make like in like the $70,000 range. I'm not just talking like extra hours, you know, like here's a thousand dollars. Like, I mean, big money. Um, and I think what you mentioned, I love, you started talking about the feng shui bagua map, which, you know, we like live by this map, this nine square grid that shows how different areas of our life, there's nine areas of our life that correlate with, uh, the, spaces in our home. Mm-hmm. And I love how you mentioned like, you know, to have a leak in helpful people travel that influences your wealth and everyone, you know, clients will come to, to probably you as well and ask, you know, for some help with their money. And they're always surprised. I think when I don't go straight to the wealth area right. where we really look at the helpful people travel space, cause that really has a profound impact on your money. So really fascinating that, um, how all of it connected, how you experienced it too. Super, super cool. So what I will tell you about Sedona is I was told in the middle of the night, I'm highly clairaudient. That's one of my, uh, strongest gifts. And I just got told the word Sedona overnight. And my husband, by that point, we'd feng shui our entire home. And he was so trusting of where I was going with this, which I, you know, greatly appreciate because not everybody has a partner like that. We, I heard the word, we decided to fly out there and we had a house in 10 days. So we moved during the pandemic. We actually had a place to go to during lockdown and we were able to live there during the entire pandemic. And then just as fast, I wrote most of my book there. I did a lot of the editing, as you and I were talking about earlier, you know, part in Santa Fe, because we got to live out West for two years. Uh, As soon as I finished the final edit in Sedona, I was told to leave same way I was told to go. And at first I was taken aback. I'm like, no, doesn't Sedona want me here anymore? And it's like, no, you need to go back to where you came from. And those are the people that need you. We don't need you here in Sedona. And I told my husband, he goes, all right. We put the house up for sale. It sold in 48 hours with absolutely everything in it, even the teaspoons. They just told us to pick up our clothes and go. We had a 10-day close above asking, all cash, double what we paid for the house. So by listening to what the universe was asking us to do and by really trusting these bizarre things, we'd never set foot in Sedona. We'd never even heard of Sedona. And suddenly we live there. 
um, you know, it doubled our money. So another really big money manifestation. And we were able to move back to Tampa and start completely clean because we didn't have any of the furniture, you know, didn't have anything. We just had our clothes. So it, yeah, I mean, feng shui has been amazing and it works so well with me with interior design, because as you know, being a teacher, you know, after you've done something for a long time, you should be pretty good at it, right? We all should be pretty good at what we're doing at this point in time. But to me, being able to make someone's home feel as good as it looks and be energetically aligned and be able to help them, whether it's manifestation, health, happiness, partnership, whatever it is that they're looking for. I mean, to me, what better is there, right? I mean, you just walk away so satisfied every day and just feel like we're doing what we're meant to do. We're making a difference for people. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Absolutely. Making such a difference. You know, I experienced that like on a smaller scale, like with our first house, I applied feng shui and our home had multiple offers sold over asking. There you go. And I remember feeling like, wow, like this is so incredible because I not only enjoyed my home and felt like it looked good and felt good to me, Mm -hmm. but buyers walked through the home and could feel it too. And so I do have confidence. I love, and you know, when people are looking to make changes, like maybe you want to move your house or you want to change your job. I think the the fastest way to get anywhere is to like love where you live right now and to really make those changes in your home where you are now, because it will make you happier now. And then also it's going to, the universe will, will take that energy and like help to propel you forward. I mean, to be doubling what you did, you know, or what the universe helped you do with that selling of your home and doubling the investment that you made. It's like, that is, that's the big money I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like you don't know how it's all going to work out, but when your, your real estate appreciates, that's another amazing example of how feng shui can just surprise you <laughs> in and, the best and, sort of way. Yes, absolutely. And we were planning on moving. We were planning on going back to having two houses. We were going to have a house in Tampa oh. again. And keep that one. And honestly, the universe said, nope, you're out of here. But because you listened to me, you know, and you've manifested and the house is beautifully feng shui, you know, it's just, it's like, here you go. And we'll give you a party gift. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's the third one I've been able to do that with because the house that we sold in Tampa during the pandemic sold with the majority of the stuff in it too. And that's not just because it's pretty. It's because people walk in and feel what they feel. They feel comfortable. You know, the highest compliment anyone can give me because we are about a year into our new house here in Tampa now. So I've been working on it, obviously, as we move in. I love and I can I know exactly where it's going to happen each and every time. We'll walk people through. We'll go upstairs. We'll walk through all the rooms. On the way back down the staircase, they stop at the bottom, like right before the landing, the last landing. And they look at the downstairs and probably eight out of 10 will say the same thing. Your house feels so good. 
it feels so warm. It just feels so inviting. And I'm like, ding, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, that's what I wanted to hear. Not, I love your piece of furniture. Your, you know, your yeah. artwork's gorgeous, but that's, that's like my crack that I want to have happen for every home that I work on. Right. You know, for people so to feel, good in here. yes, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, cause you know, this too, I mean, you can do all the spiritual work. There's so many people doing all the spiritual work on themselves, which I think is amazing. But then if you turn around and walk into a home that's complete chaos or full of clutter, you know, or doesn't represent the life that you want, it, it, I'm not going to say that it takes away what you work you did because it, it doesn't, but it certainly doesn't help move it forward. And it doesn't help you get all that you can get from it. You know, I just thought of something like, I feel like sometimes people get so overwhelmed because it's like, you're like, look, I need to get a new job. I don't have time to redo my paper patio or to, you know, um, rearrange the furniture in my daughter's room and get her some new furniture because you know what I mean? And people, I could see how like, you've got all this other life stuff going on. I don't have time to devote to like, you know, being an interior designer in my home, but we do know that like that investment, that time, it's almost like you kind of like you put those desires on hold for just a moment and really focus on your home and with intention, knowing how it correlates to your life. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful. It is so powerful. So I personally, I love it. I'm a, I'm a Libra with like a North node Taurus. So like, I love beautiful aesthetic things. So Mm -hmm. I was partially drawn to feng shui because of the the design aspect of it. Cause I do mm-hmm. love beautiful spaces, but also as like that Taurus North node and just being an empath and being really intuitive. I mean, my, my environment, I can feel how it impacts me, whether it's my home or mm-hmm. whether I step into the office, you know, your current surroundings are always influencing you. So well, they impact you, whether you, I think Amanda said it before, right? We both know Amanda. It's like, Feng Shui doesn't care (laughs) if you like it or not, or believe in it or not. Like your surroundings impact you no matter what. So you might as well work with them and have an environment that helps you instead of not hurts you, but maybe keeps you back, you know, or can stagnate you in a certain space. I also love naming our homes. I feel it's super important to give them a name, just like we give our animals a name. I think naming your home makes her part of your family. And my husband and I are still going back and forth on the home. I'm like, we've been here a year. We need to give her a name. And he's like, we keep going back and forth because I feel one thing, he feels another, and we'll come up with the right name. But, uh, you know, our home in, uh, before we moved away was gated gardens because we had all these beautiful gated gardens. In Sedona, we lived on an animal trail. So, and we had quail every morning with all their babies and mule deer and javelinas and just, I mean, so much life. And we named it Quail Run. So I just think it's super important to give her a name, give her an identity and let her know you're working for her and you're helping her. And in return, she's going to benefit you. Mm. You know, I just think that's, it's very symbolic. Absolutely. You're going to take care of her or your home yeah. or him, whatever. And, and in turn, they'll take care of you. Um, what I, so you brought up Amanda, Amanda Gibby Peters is just, she's so fabulous. And she wrote simple straight for every day. And now that you mentioned her, I need to bring her back on the show because yeah, she's great. She's fabulous. 
Um, what I like about, I'm, I have your deck of cards here. You have a deck of an Oracle deck that goes along with your book. And I want to pull a card for readers. We'll do that sure. for our listener for our listeners. We'll pull a card <laughs> in a minute. It's kind of cool because it's kind of similar. Cause like Amanda's book, simple stray for every day is kind of like you can open up to a page and every day there's something you can try. And right. I, I think it simplifies the process because feng shui can be really overwhelming. Um, but what I love about this deck is that you can literally just pull a card and you can just do one thing just for today to adjust your environment and sort of align with your intentions, which I really love that. Thank you. So I would love to pull a card for everybody. I just, I, I really... I'm sad to see our conversation come to a close <laughs> because I want to talk to you more. Like I've had, I could talk to you about the inherent, like when you inherit things, I got a whole China cat. I just want, this is a side, side, yeah. but I had a whole China cabinet um, that we bought from, from Baylor designs. It's like a corner niche to like kind of, or no, whatever they're called uh -huh. um, to sort of, I thought it elevated the dining room and it looked really pretty. And I was really excited to put my great grandmother's China in there. And then I spoke with a psychic. I was actually a guest on the Julie Ryan show and I was serving her audience with feng shui. And as we're having this conversation, it came up that she saw a vision of like a, a, an abundance. There was like a hole in my abundance, almost like a drain, an energy drain that she could see psychically. And she said it it was like running from like the generation, well, the wealth area to the helpful people. And that's exactly where the family heirlooms were. Mm -hmm. And I had to take them out. I was like, I can't, I can't shake this. Cause I don't know why, why do you think that happens with family heirlooms? And like, what do you do with those? Well, I think first of all, it's, it's generational, right? So it's not something you're carrying. It's something that's passed down your line. Um, I don't, I, it's a hard one. I ended up giving away almost everything that I inherited. Um, wow. yeah, okay. almost. And, you know, at first I was super feeling super guilty about it, but other people loved it and wanted it and it wasn't working for me. So okay. now I just have one or two things, you know, that my mom, that were my mom's one or two things. I have a pipe that was my dad's that I actually keep in the office. I'm in my office right now, which is helpful people. Um, so I love having my dad's pipe in here because it's, he's around and I love that. Um, my mom is the one that gave me all the song titles for the book. So she really? channeled through to me. Yeah, they passed. I mean, this is post yeah. post them passing. Um, but yeah, all those song titles, as I was writing the book chapter by chapter, either a song would pop in my head. Again, I'm very clear audience. Or lyrics would pop in my head that I had to write down because I had no idea what they were. And then when I looked up the song, it was the perfect title for what I was writing. So she, that's, that's all my mom. So I have them with me that way versus a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, if that makes sense, I just know that they're always around that way. And if it wasn't stuff that I'm using and it wasn't stuff that made sense in my home, I just, I let it go and I'm okay with that. You know, you otherwise know I think you can yeah. maybe do a big salt burn underneath them to maybe clear any of that mm -hmm predecessor chi or that lack, that scarcity mindset, whatever, you know, because our, our parents, grandparents all live through depression and different mindset mm -hmm. towards money than we have, right? So maybe a big salt burn to help neutralize and clear that. Yeah. My great grandparents came on a ship from Czechoslovakia, you, you know, go. in the early yeah. 1900s, they were, you know, immigrants that came from there and 
Yeah, scarcity, who knows? Scarcity mindset. For sure. Not For not sure. by their own doing, by their circumstances. Absolutely. So fascinating. Um, and then one more thing that was floating in my mind that I, I was like, I got to say something. I love how you're talking about how you hear things. And I'm getting a lot more in tune with my intuition and one thing I did this summer actually is I was, I was, did a Gabby Bernstein meditation where she guides you to meditate and then journal to connect with your higher self and your guides. Mm-hmm. And I started to script. I did this two weekends in a row and uh, I had done it many times before, but in particular, this one weekend when I was scripting, I saw New York City and my guides were saying like, you see New York, you need to go to New York. You're going to influence a lot of people there. You need to go. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> next weekend it came up again. And I didn't, it's not that I didn't think anything of it, but I was like, I don't know what, what I'm supposed right. to do. And then the next weekend it came up again. And this time with more detail, like you need to go to New York. And I was like, okay, who do I know in New York? Like what's going on? So I ended up booking a, a astrology reading with Ophi from the Astro Twins. Cause I know she's from New York. And within a couple hours, I got a text from someone uh, who was, I was on her podcast. She does like uh, past life regression and she's a little psychic too, apparently. And she texted me and she said, Christina, I was doing a meditation and I saw you in New York city, signing your book, wearing a glittery jacket. I just had to let you know, because it was such a clear vision. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm like, (laughs) I have to go to New York city. And then I realized I had a client in New York city. And so I just think it's funny because like, oh, I think a lot of people might hear that story and be like, girl, what are you doing? Like, that's crazy. No, but like, it's normal. It's almost, <laughs> I feel like it's my totally world. <laughs> normal. I was like, and like, literally it like, it, it went from being like this message, like the one you got go to Sedona to actually a real life experience. Like sure. I actually went to New York city. I met with Ophi in real life, saw my client. It was so meant to be. And so it was the best trip ever of my life. I swear to you, because it was so divinely guided. And I'm like, yes, please more of this. Like I right. want to keep putting into that. So like, do you feel like that is how you essentially live your life is just That's- like you listen for the guidance and then it gives you the courage to do something that like most people from like a vantage point might be like, what are you doing moving to Sedona? <laughs> like that's so random. How do you ex- like? So Sedona, I heard the name three times in 24 hours. So in my sleep, I got Sedona and I woke up and told my husband, what's Sedona? Where's Sedona? Then I was in Hyde Park, which is a lovely little outdoor shopping area here in Tampa. And I ran into somebody I hadn't seen in literally 10 years. And they're like, hey, how are you? Have you been to Sedona? I just got back from there. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then a third thing happened. And I can't even remember what it was. But within a 24-hour span, I heard Sedona three times. So same as you. Like, you just know that. And they're just, the, you know, they're just the little drops that the universe plants. I was a little bit resistant to that. But at this point, I'd already started meditating. And during a meditation, I asked what my purpose was moving forward. I was recovering from the cervical fusion. My son had graduated from college. You know, um, what was I supposed to do? Um, and I got told you're going to write a book. And same as I told the feng shui practitioner when she was at my house, when she said, you're going to be doing this. I'm like, no, I'm not. Just tell me what I need to do. I need to get ready for surgery. When I got the message uh, that I'm going to write a book, I said, no, nah, no, thanks. What else you got for me? You know, and then back to meditation the next day, you're going to write a book. Same as you back to meditation the next day, you're going to write a book. Till finally about a week of it. And I'm like, okay, fine. What am I supposed to write a book about? <laughs> you know? And 
I didn't know what I was doing. I've never written a book. I had no interest in writing a book. Um, I just started listening to what I was being told. And I was being told to just write down the stuff that was happening to me, not to worry about the end result or how it was going to happen. Just write down the stuff that was going to happen to me. And three years later, it was a book. And so when we moved back to Tampa, I got COVID and from COVID, I got shingles on the entire left-hand side of my face. And it was brutal. And it was like, you know, you can't even go outside for three weeks because A, you looked like a monster and B, it's you're just in so much pain. And I started getting messages again. You're going to write an Oracle deck. And this time, instead of fighting it, I was like, fine, just channel through me what you want me to put down. I just sat down at the computer every day. And this was done in three weeks where the book took three years because I fought it so much. This was literally done in three weeks because I just said, okay, just tell me what you guys want. There's nothing else I can do. I can't go outside. I can't see my friends. I can't work. I can't do anything. Sure. And I started typing it up. And then I reached out to a designer that I met when I lived in Sedona and she, you know, put it together for me and we collaborated on it. And, you know, within three months, the whole thing was done because I stopped fighting. So now anytime I get the crazy messages, you know, I'm just like, sure. Okay. Just tell me how I'm going to do it. Just bring me the people that I need, bring me the information that I need. You know, if I'm going to go on live and speak, please channel through me what the people listening to me need to hear, because it could be different for every audience and just use me the way you need to use me for everyone's highest and greatest good, you know, and of course, only and always of the light, you know, I don't do anything. I don't go into the darkness. Um, But that is 100% how I live my life now all the time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I had the same intention, Alejandra. I do that too. I call in guides of the highest truth and mm-hmm. compassion. And uh, your friend Heather will tell you, like we yes. both call in uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer and different people because they, we know that they're, he's with us. And yeah. Well, you know, the mandala on here, that's yeah. a gift from Dr. Wayne Dyer. He gave it to Heather during a meditation and she came and she drew it out for me. And, and then I had my graphic designer do it. And I'm like, which one of these? And she goes, it's this one. Oh, and I just got chills. <laughs> Me too. I literally have chills. Wayne, Wayne is a very powerful yep. spirit guy. So, so this is thank like, you to yeah. him. He is, I don't think he's one of my guides because he doesn't seem to pop in, but through Heather, he pops in for me, I think when I need something. So oh um, yeah, she's one of my besties. So she's the client I had who suggested the feng shui practitioner. This well, yeah, is all I Heather's her- fault. Yeah. <laughs> this is all so- Heather's fault. <laughs> She was on the show too, by the way. So I'll I, link I that. Listened. Yes. Yeah, I'll link that episode into the she show notes is for an this amazing one. practitioner. Unbelievably good practitioner. Yeah, she's so good. I need a session with her. I love her. You should. I'm I'm yeah. so fortunate because I get to call her and she'll come over and we'll hang out in my meditation room and I feel like I had a session, you know. Yeah, she's great. Well, it was kind of funny. I have to tell Heather this too. Um, I had a session with her. She she got, she did a guided meditation. Wayne mm-hmm. came to me in the meditation. He showed me a spirit animal, which at the Ooh. time was a peacock. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward about a year and a half later, I find out that my business mentor who has worked with, you know, he, she worked at the Chopra center for over 17 years, but she's now my business mentor. She's off on her own. Now her spirit animal is a peacock. I love that. And I was like, oh my gosh, it just feels like such a divine. Sure. Like, I, you know how, you know, there's earth angels, there's people in your life that come into your life to guide you on this journey. And I'm like, 
it was just further confirmation that like I'm sure. exactly what I need to be doing and and with who I need to do. So I was, here's I had this thought pop in my head since we're yeah. gonna pull an oracle for the listeners. What if, because I've been kind of like shuffling through these. Me too. You pick one and I pick one. Okay. Let's see what we both get. Okay. Both then that means oracle. that we can we can give people two things that they can work on. All right, yes. go ahead. All right, you want me to go first? Yes, go first. Okay. Plus, I'm also kind of like, I wonder if they're going to be connected or totally different. So let's we'll see. see. Okay. So I got this one for the listeners. Ooh, I feel like this is manageable. I like this Okay. One. It says, empty out your refrigerator and freezer today. Clean, then toss all expired food, condiments, and drinks. Old food equals stagnant energy. And you know, that's true. <laughs> and it will help you with your health too, won't it? Yes. Health, and, health and money. Well, you know that. I mean, the kitchens are pros- one of our massive prosperity centers. So having old, dying, decaying food, you know, either in the fridge or the freezer certainly is not good for abundance and health. <laughs> okay. And you know, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go, go for it. Because we, even as a family of four, I still find it hard to like keep the fridge fully stocked and a fully stocked fridge is really great for abundance. And like, it keeps the refrigerator working at full capacity. One of the hacks that you can do is like, you can get some, um, you know, gallons of water actually, just to kind of keep the fridge full or even just like packing it with like beverages. I feel like kind of like helps to keep it like fuller, you know, mm-hmm. versus bare. So I, I actually, have water. Yeah. I have water because there's only two of us now. It's just my husband and I. So if I had a fridge full of food, a lot of it would go to waste. So right. I have the water. I have the gallons of water in there. See, I love that. And water yeah. equals money. So yes. keeping it abundant. That's an easy thing we can do this yes. after listening to this show. Okay, <laughs> cool. All right. What's yours? Okay. You ready for mine? All right. Yes. It's it's along the same lines, but not quite. But it is interesting because they're so varied that ours kind of do go. It's a different space, but declutter your attic today to feel increased clarity. Attic clutter represents clutter in your mind. So mm-hmm. it's both of them were about decluttering and cleaning mm-hmm. out. You know, so that's good because there's a lot of different things in there and they did have a nice correlation. I love that. Love that's it, really love it. interesting. And they actually really tied together nicely with our whole conversation because we did talk about like family heirlooms and mm-hmm. how do you, and oversized furniture from a home that you never moved into. That becomes clutter, right? It becomes clutter in our space when we're not when it doesn't bring us joy, you know, back to like that Marie Kondo, I literally have her book. Um, I, I have never read it, but Marie Kondo is all about like releasing what no longer brings sure. you joy. Right. And so if it doesn't bring you joy, it really, it turns into what we call clutter. So agreed. And I mean, that's what that room was doing for me. The furniture was ridiculously expensive, you know, but it brought me anything but joy every time I looked at that room, you know? So yeah, I mean, there is no price tag on clutter. It doesn't mean just you know, garbage and knickknacks. It means anything and everything that's not serving you. Beautiful. Well, you've really inspired me today. Thank you for <laughs> coming on the show. Um, honored to have you. And I will put everything in the show notes for how people can find you, follow you. Yeah, I know you're on the IG. Uh, thank you again for being here. It was wonderful talking with you, Alejandra. Thank you. This was fun. So glad to finally connect for this long. <laughs> yeah. I know. It was so good. Thank it was you. Very fun. You're welcome. All right, and everyone, I'll see you next time where I'll help you design the life you deserve.
That's all for today's episode of Modern Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger. Thank you so much for being here. If you like this show, please leave a review and tell a friend. You can submit any questions about manifesting with feng shui at mindbodyspirit.fm and I'll answer them here on the show. Don't forget to grab your free manifesting with feng shui mini course at the link in the show notes. See you next time where I'll help you design the life you deserve. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.